What up, everybody? Welcome back to Music Appreciation 101. I am here with my good friend Garvey, who is making awesome music that I have been mixing recently, and I'm ready to deep dive into some some tasty production choices and some of the some of the crazy stuff that you're throwing at me as a mixing engineer, and just hear hear a little bit more about what makes you tick, and, and share with the people a new perspective on music as we head into this new year. So, welcome to the podcast, Garvey. Hello, how you doing, Scoop? Doing great, man. So where where are you based? Remind everybody. I am based in London. I'm based in uh, West London. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're we're um I'm I'm still in San Diego, so we've got we got a good chunk of the world covered <laughs> between our two time zones. <laughs> yeah. So the planning's always difficult. Yeah. yeah I yeah. love. I love it. <laughs> So yeah, let's let's jump in. Let's talk about um kind of what what you're excited about musically. Like, what are you working on right now? What have you got coming up for this new year? I know like New Year is always a big time for creatives. It kind of is like that refreshing. Like, okay, what am I doing next? What are you doing next? Yeah. So maybe maybe I should intro myself briefly. So yeah, I'm, of course, of course. I'm of course. A, yeah. So I'm a singer, songwriter, producer. Um, I kind of DIY, uh, much like you are, obviously. Um producing my own music and I'm releasing it online obviously um and yeah I've been doing this project for a couple of years and I had lots of projects before that and this is the one that I think has stuck and it feels like it it's working for me at the moment but yeah um and it's it's a sort of uh, this is something like you it's a kind of animated project where there's it's all these retro video game characters so like you with the kind of mask uh it's a similar thing with hiding hiding my face trying to just trying to make it more about the music i guess which is um as we just started discussing has its has its difficulties and it's this fun bits and its difficulties too but um the question yeah so this year it's it's getting as much music as i can out um in previous i've i've been um i've definitely gone through phases of being quite precious about production and i'm trying to just get a bit more just get things out there and, and not worry so much about them, um, about the pro well. Just enjoy the process and just throw things out there and see what see what happens, I suppose, is my plan for this year, really. I love it. That's great to hear. No, I mean, that totally resonates with the way that I kind of look at uh, where music's at right now. I think that's kind of the, the space. It's like having that conversation with fans, getting stuff out and not um, not waiting too long is is important. Completely. That's something, to be honest, that's something you, I've been listening to your music for a little while now since we, you know, met. And I've always found that pretty astonishing as your, your work rate is <laughs> mad. Like, <laughs> and the, the speed that you, I, you know, I've read a few interviews with you and the speed you do things at does seem crazy, like really impressive. <laughs> like, you. yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's interesting, like, especially because, uh, so I just, I just got off mixing uh, one of, one of Garvey's uh, tracks and um, it was it was fun because it was right at the same time as I, was, as I was producing another one of my tracks and comparing the uh, strategies that I had for mixing between the two was very weird it was like two different people I mean like using the same tools but it's like coming to something that uh, like you've done and now I'm trying to like polish and I don't know put it all together versus like putting together the pieces and polishing as you go it's just such a different headspace 
Um, I love them both. And I love that like we're able to have that. And I also think that you think similarly musically to I, to what I do. Um, but it was interesting just like thinking about like process and, and kind of how that, how that all fits in between. Like, yeah, completely. Yeah. Like I, I don't mix. So I just, I produce, producing is relatively new to me as well, mm-hmm. but, oh, um, cool. it's interesting. Yeah. I've always found it interesting. The idea of mixing your own stuff. How do you, how do you find that? Do you, how do you not get in a funk with it you know and in like kind of how do you gain perspective when you're mixing like uh my own stuff yeah like how do you i don't know because i i that's what i love about having you to go to uh-huh. with mixing is it's just really cool that you know i'll send stuff over and you'll send it back and there'll be something there might be a track that's gone or something <laughs> and then I, which is it's really good i used to, like when i was when i was younger i would i'd be like hang on where's this thing you know uh-huh. but it's now i'm a bit older and i'm a bit more i don't know i'm much more willing to accept opinions than i was when i was when i was younger and yeah. it's nice now because it's validating because it's like ah that wasn't actually that good. And <laughs> now that I listen back, I somebody has agreed with me. And so I've got a bit of consensus. You know what I mean? It's nice. I like that. But how do you do without that? It's interesting. I'd be interested to hear. Yeah, that's a really good question. And that I actually, it, it is, it's kind of like, it's kind of like going a narrow path through the cliff on each side. That's kind of what it feels like with mixing because there's the cliff of thinking every idea that you have is a good idea terrible and then there's the other cliff of polishing everything to the point where it's like close to done before the project the song is done itself yeah you have to leave rough edges because everything influences the other thing and i i think that like with mixing somebody else's work all the pieces are there so then i can take like that zoomed out bird's eye view organize everything like really look at it systematically when i'm kind of going as i go i'm having to like think like what kind of bass tone am i going to do because i usually do bass last or second or third to last and um that changes the entire picture of mix when the low end all of a sudden appears so it's like i have to hold myself back um and that's that ends up saving me from both of those extremes because if i don't if I don't polish things to their final level, then I'm also not saying I love this idea so much I'm going to die for it. And so it allows me to like, like just start muting stuff and, and reapproach it the next day and be like, okay, yeah, this entire guitar part was kind of dumb. Um, I'm just going to do it again, or I'm just not going to have guitar in the song. Um, it's like creating those gaps of imperfection ends up like leading to more um ability to to view it externally i guess yeah Yeah. that's really interesting yeah i know like that some somebody else was talking about mixing and they were saying about how you just mute it and then do you do you miss it Mm -hmm. is the question Mm -hmm. they would ask and actually so often you'll have something you think oh that's so cool but it's like but do you miss it when it's gone and Mm -hmm. actually quite often you you don't (laughs) yeah some things yeah yeah no totally and but also there are also like things that sometimes they're to a level that are almost imperceptible and the general listenership wouldn't hear it, but then you mute it and it's just like, it's ruined now. It's like, like, I think what I was trying to do with your most recent track was use the acoustic guitars in that way. So there are moments where the song is very acoustic guitar driven. And then there are moments where the acoustic guitars like dip right below everything else in the mix. They're still there. Um, but it's that like interplay of where is like the lowest point that I can get that acoustic guitar so that it sounds like somebody's just like wailing on the acoustic guitar, but they're in the back of the stage and like everybody else around them is hitting so hard that you can't hear them anymore. And then when the dynamics come back down, bring the acoustic guitar back up so that it has this like 
ebb and flow of the instrument that isn't plugged into an amplifier. I see. You I know. see. That that kind of stuff I think is really like I don't I'm not a set it and forget it kind of mixing engine. Like I don't like just like this is the volume of this track. It's like I am all about introductions and then pushes into different sections. So like if there's something that's really dynamic that arrives, it happens a lot in your song, like a like a syncopated drum beat or something like that. Like having the first impact be a real moment maybe have it recede into the background as like the rest of the arrangement takes it over and then push into the next section and have that guy stick out a little bit more like yeah interactions yeah that's well that's something i quite like about the way he makes it, it does feel quite dynamic and it, it does feel I'm so glad. just in, alive i guess i don't know this the, the way you you think about it very differently to to me cool. but i, I don't cool. i'm not a mix <laughs> and, and it's a good thing anyway but it's yeah it's it, yeah, it's really cool. That's something I really like. Is having that second opinion and the just the, yeah, the way you mix it is really cool. I really like it. Well, thank you. And I, I totally. I mean, I, if in an other world, I would be doing the same thing. That's what I used to do. Also, um, the pandemic was what it really like made me be like, I love mixing. So I just started doing that a lot. Um, I want to talk about your production style. Um, one of the things I I like to think about your music is that it's like maximalist sometimes. Like there are so much. It's like looking at a color with, or like an image with HDR, or like, you know, like a bit more saturated. Um, what, how, what's your process? Like, how do you like layer more things in? How do you decide like this is the way that the arrangement is going to go? Because I really like it and it's different than how I arrange and I, I, I just want to get inside your head a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, this is something that, because I, I only, yeah, like I was saying, I only really learned to produce or really learned is the wrong word, but actually confidently started trying to produce which mm-hmm. is, and with the mindset of releasing songs about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I could use, you know, Logic or whatever before that, but I didn't really just go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something actually that um, a friend, uh, Props, Mark, who mm-hmm. also, you know, who's yeah. also, I would highly recommend people listen to. Definitely. Um, he, produ- he used to produce my music. Um and still has he's i'm doing a gig with him soon he's drumming and he'll be playing after that and stuff but um he he will get the idea the main idea the chorus or the main whatever the big hook of the song is Mm -hmm. work that into what you might hear in the final chorus okay and work backwards from there cool and that was we have some quite cool when he was producing for me we had some quite cool some fun doing that and then really just stripping things back and back and back and just deleting more and more and more until you start from very little. Cool. And then, so I guess that might be that maximalism is because I like it. everything is oriented around the maximum, right. which I think it works for me and I guess it works for the kind of hyperactive kind of pop that I make because yep. that's what you're really working towards is those big moments. I love a big chorus. I love it. Just a, totally. Just a huge moment. I, I was never that down. Well, I, I like minimalism in terms of making things sound good with as few tracks as possible. Uh-huh. But I was never fully down with the whole thing where there was like really nothing. You know, there were a few years where it's things like the XX who are uh-huh. a great group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. It's not my vibe that style really. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I I think uh, I think that's awesome to just be like, no, I'm going all the way. Like like yeah. It, and the, I'm, I'm I try to do the same thing with mixing your stuff. Like I. I mix your stuff a little bit brighter than I mix my own stuff just because your music, like you're saying, is like, and the topics that you write about, 
there is this feeling of hyperactivity just in it. And it's like, if it was a dark mix, if it just didn't like, it would be like, what's, this isn't pop anymore. This is this weird, like, I don't know, trying to be too moody. It's, it's like, it's very honest music. And I think that it needs to be broad spectrum to feel like the full emotion of what you're putting out. That's it. it like, this is where, like, without music marketing, the uh-huh. talk of that, like, does bore me at times, but it, it's it's really important. And that's, so this whole project is based around 8-bit video games, yes. retro video games. Yes. And when I started it, I sort of created a sort of mission statement for oh, cool. all the music I make. Awesome. And actually... Having said that, I can't remember what it was specifically, <laughs> but basically the idea was, you know, really blunt songs that are just, they're colourful, but in a way they're black and white and they're just, it's just mm-hmm. all or nothing. There's no, I don't, as a writer, I don't really, lyrically, I don't really use metaphors. Mm-hmm. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I just say exactly what I think. Like mm-hmm. I approach lyrics quite different to a lot of people I know. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really envious of, you know, you're, dylan's and all these people who can create these wonderful in all this wonderful imagery but i just have always just said what i think in the mm-hmm. simplest way possible mm-hmm. which is, yeah so i guess that's ties in with the music that's what i always try to do so for sure it's good to hear that it works or it's good to hear that what i'm trying to put across is hopefully coming across to well i think some that, people <laughs> i think that's super important to be like this is what the vibe of the project is this is what the vibe of the songs are and then have like your production and arranging and mixing and performance choices all kind of like reflect that you're coming from that from like a certain headspace and so you're just even like the way that you're talking into the microphone should reflect that headspace and i think you do a great job of that Thanks, man. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one thing I think I've learned been doing music a while, I guess. And that's, and it, I always used to think that having something like that would limit me. Mm-hmm. But I think this is one of those cases where actually you, you do limit yourself. You put yourself in a certain box, but it, that creatively is helpful because actually, uh, and once you, I feel, I feel as I'm starting to create my own sound, which I'm really happy with. And yeah. that is, that's helpful and in a really lazy way, you know, well, mm. I know what drum sound I'm going to use because I'm already using it on the other exactly. songs, no, 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 you know, real, and the synths that I go to and stuff like that, which I used to think of that as being not very creative or, you know, having to change everything every time. But actually, there's a lot you can do with just a one little area of, you know, one little area of drums or, mm-hmm. you know, limiting yourself to those bits, which I'm sure you know 100%. about. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I do the same thing for mixing your stuff. I use similar plugins to the other songs, and it's slightly different than the ones that I use for my own music. There's a good amount of overlap, but there's probably like 10, 15% that I'm only using on your stuff rather than on my stuff too. Um, and I, I think that those, they're like color palettes. And I think that's what like the new year or new album cycle, it's like the same kind of idea of like, okay, like what is what is like the addition to that color palette that we're adding in that year? You know, like how do we, one of my my things is um, there's a, a plugin called Golfos that is um, this like AI equalization thing that um, I, I've had I've had mixed results, but I finally found the way that I love it. And I love it on your music because it adds brightness without adding harshness. Um, right. And I can do some really cool stuff with that. Um, so it's like, what is the new spice for, um, do you have, do you have anything like that? Like in your, in your head, like, oh, in the future, I want to use more synths or I want to, like, you've been doing a crazy amount of vocal harmonies. Like I'm really <laughs> yeah. excited about that. I feel like that's your spice now. It's just like stacks, uh, you know? 
Yeah, I do. It's it's one of those things, you know. You get you do something, and then someone's like, "Oh, that's cool," uh-huh. and then yes. you, you kind of respond to it. So yes. you know, I had my some of the earlier songs about. They were like, "Oh, I like that little vocal bit," uh-huh. and I was, you know, when I wrote that bit, I was thinking, "Oh, this is way too OTT. This is silly. I shouldn't <laughs> yes. put this in." But I end up putting it, yes. and then you you start to get comments on that, and then you start to respond, and that's to be honest, that's been a process of how my music. I love it. Not that I'm. Well, I mean, you want to please people, don't you? Like, of course, it's, of course. It's, you know, and I think when people start commenting and you think, okay, well, that wasn't too much. Okay, I'll keep going with that. So, yeah, vocals, I love OTT vocals. I just think they're really, again, it's just, I feel like I might as well just go for it. And I love singing in falsetto. That's one of my favorite things to do. I just think it's really fun. Yes. Um, and so I throw in silly falsetto kind of sounds whenever i can i have a voice that doesn't have a i break. love that i can sing yep. lower i can sing high i have yep. i don't have a choice uh-huh. um so <laughs> and my high sounds extremely harsh and kind of <laughs> you know so yeah that's i think that might be this year's spice is more more crazy vocals see Good. if i can cram Good. even more in yeah do it i mean on this last song you have like pretty please and then the please is like 20 part <laughs> harmony it, yeah. it fucking floored me, man. That cracked me up when I first heard it. The first time I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's awesome. Because it's like it's cheeky. The the and it's and it's beautiful. So it's like both of these things at the same time that like is especially in the context of what you're writing about, is almost like this quasi boy band moment where like the whole choir, <laughs> choir comes out. <laughs> but what they're highlighting isn't like, yo, baby, or like, yeah, I'm gonna get with you tonight. It's like please <laughs> it's awesome yeah <laughs> it's like begging your internal self with your boy band uh voice like like stack to to like uh, give pity on your anxious heart it's like hell yeah <laughs> yeah that, if that's if that's 2023 right there <laughs> i love well, it i'm man. hearing i'm hearing some cool vocal harmonies coming back actually more maximalist i don't know there's bands uh-huh. uh, in the uk who are called flow who i've been listening to recently okay but they're like 2023 destiny's child cool it's like fully like that sound is back yes. seemingly or yes. at least and they do it so well I like yeah just all those kind of flourishes Good. i just think they're a lot of fun yeah, yeah, keep, yeah. keep bringing it keep bringing it <laughs> especially stabbing on random lyrics that's just so cool <laughs> it's not i think yeah it's nice to just make people you know sit up for us anything i can do to make someone sit up when they're listening exactly um, i think that's something you're really good at too it's oh, like listening to tracks there's little moments where you're like whoa okay because you know in the today's music culture and playlists and stuff you mm-hmm. really gotta try and do that right like, yes well, big if time. someone's listening on a spotify playlist you know we all go into passive mode so quickly yep. that it's yeah, I guess that's, I think it's quite important. Yeah, what what makes you jump out? But at the same time, like, comfortable enough to get on the playlist where it's not too angular, but you have these moments. Uh, it's just like, I got to add this one. I got to gotta come back. I can't just let this one go by and never find it again. Completely. I think my challenge may be bringing things down <laughs> slightly because uh-huh. I'm not on some of these playlists yeah <laughs> like I like, like phenomenal success you're having these playlists it's really cool man like but it's um yeah that's I, I hear that a lot as the the WTF factor is what I've heard people talking about is like the you don't you, no one wants to hear that song that's so out there yeah that they stop that they stop listening but yeah you've got to grab their attention in other ways I guess yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, interesting. It, it is interesting. I mean, like, it's it's a challenge we're all trying to figure out. But it's like you don't you don't want to go too hard in either direction because if you're too WTF, at least with your singles, you can go there with your album or your 
your b-sides and stuff um even some of the singles but like the uh if you're too boring or just too like middle of the road then you're just wallpaper um yeah but like you don't want to be so out there that somebody's like i can't even put this in the room you know it's like it yeah. doesn't fit this theme um and there, there's enough playlists now that I'm, I'm really excited about that are like weird just weird yeah. music and i'm happy that there's there are more venues for weird music weird pop music to uh yeah get legs do you think do you think about these things when you write do you think about playlists do you ever do you think oh this sound could fit in here for um, your music yeah a little bit like uh there are certain guitar tones that i know um people like and so i do them a little bit more like chorus guitar tones and stuff like that um yeah so like there are a few things that are like I, I think it's mostly in terms of tones. Like I know there are certain bass tones that are really popular in Japan right now. There's certain bass tones that are really popular in the United States. They're not exactly the same. Like I keep that kind of stuff in mind. The parts a little bit less, the songwriting a little bit less, but definitely the way that things sound, I try to keep my finger on that pulse so that I can, you know, do it, but also push it a little bit more into kind of what I think sounds really cool. And I never like do stuff that I don't like. It's just kind of like feeling out like, oh, people are using this kind of reverb now, or people are using this kind of delay and the vocals sound more present or less present, or the whole mix is brighter or darker this year. All of those things, yeah. they just start, it's like a constantly moving target. That's um, interesting. Yeah. Like, so you're, I know you're producing quite a lot for Chai, which is mm -hmm. so exciting. They're a really cool band. Like what... And I know you're a big fan of Japan generally, right? Yeah, You've been sure. there quite a lot. And, uh -huh. you know, I know you're I know you're big into anime and things like that. I was curious, yeah. like, what do you think are the big differences between Japanese and US? Oh, well, I guess generally Western music. I guess we're talking about Western-influenced Japanese music. But, yeah, yeah are there big differences? Oh, What's... yeah, for sure. There's yeah. very big differences. Um, the I mean, it, it, harmony is very different like the whole idea of yeah. chord progressions, super, super different. Um, and then from that, that makes the melodies really different. Uh, Chai is interesting because they mostly listen to American and British music. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, they still bring a different sensibility because, you know, different culture. And uh, so a lot of the songs they'll give me, there's more diminished chords that aren't just like passing. They're like a main, like, we're hanging on this tension chord than that yeah. you would normally see in, in just standard pop music. There's a lot more like um, circular movement that doesn't feel as like five to one or four to one like, like that we have. It's a little bit more like avoiding the one. The one doesn't really have the sense of home as much. It's just kind of like motion rather than like uh, okay. arrival. Um, so those are big, big things. And there's, there are a few different tones that like people are really into, like people are into distorted picked bass, like kind of quasi early nineties that I think is going to come back even more in the U S too. Um, but it's definitely taken root a big time in, in Japan. Cause there's an artist called Vondi who uses it a bunch. Um, and also like production style is, is, it's kind of more like what, how you're producing like way OTT, like the they will have these sections that'll just be like, there's an orchestra now. Now it's gone. Now it's hip hop. Now it's like, and I think part of that's K-pop's influence on J-pop too. There's a uh, very interesting conversation going on between Japan and Korea musically, United States and Japan. And then also Japan has got, you know, 130 million people. So they have a big enough music industry to self-support. They don't need anybody else around the world to listen to their music to be wealthy and successful. And so they, they yeah. call it the Galapagos style of 
music because like they can just make music for their own island and then other people looking at it are like, why is this so weird? Why is it so different? Because of this Galapagos mentality. Um, but I love it and I love having conversations with it. And I think just pulling some spices from that kind of what's trending over there into the U.S. is uh, enough for people to be like, why does this sound different? What's what's up with that? That's Completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so interesting about them, you know, feeling self-sufficient because then that just cuts out the need to worry about what other people are doing. It's the opposite of Korea. Like South Korea has got a very small population, so they need the rest of the world to listen. Japan doesn't, and so it creates different styles of music. That's really, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. I never thought about that at all because Korea obviously does feel like it's super successful now, but then maybe it, oh, it, it has to be super successful here it's got more need to be exactly and it's part of the government sort of like the government has a vested interest in that being successful so that people come to korea and it's working like more people are learning korea korean more people are going to south korea and um it's just it's like canada does the same thing in north america like we uh we spend a lot of or they spend a lot of money on canadian acts and tour support and all this kind of stuff from the government um, we don't do that in the United States, obviously. <laughs> we, we don't do it in the UK either. There was there was a campaign in the UK a couple of years ago during COVID, telling telling people basically to retrain if they were in the arts. Essentially, yeah, it was mad. Yeah, anyway, that sounds. Down, you know, still go down that road. Yeah, it sounds like uh, <laughs> sounds like our um, somehow our cultures are related. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, Cultural stuff. Is there anything that you find different about UK music versus US music right now? That's a good question. I don't. I don't think about. Hmm, that's a really good question because I, I don't consciously hear music and right. think about Categorize it differently it. Yep. in the same way that I probably inevitably would about Japanese or Korean music, potentially sure. just because. Language and stuff too is part of it. Yeah. But yeah especially Mm -hmm. i think the uk is the music scene is very it feels like it's very much about being cool okay or it it feels like that's been the way in the past Mm -hmm. so that's where the maximalist thing actually in the uk i don't think it happens as often that's a very broad statement um i can't speak that's what we're here for (laughs) yeah yeah um so and i've always found that as a difference between you the uk and the rest of europe especially as i've had so many friends who've been you know working and making brilliant music but mm. in the uk people are telling them this isn't cool and mm. it, having their managers actively tell them you need to go to europe because europe is where they're going to love this um so i guess that's the difference between the uk and europe i don't know about the states and the uk that's an interesting question because obviously we are quite tight in so many ways as countries generally absolutely and yeah yeah like i i have the most feeling of like la and new york music's very different um yeah san diego and la music's very different i don't i think i actually sound more la than i do san diego even though i'm from san diego but you know yeah um i don't know like i think i think that we there's always been a really deep musical conversation particularly like with like the British like soul revival, Amy Winehouse and the, you know, I mean, it's still going on with like 
I don't know, Megan Trainer and Adele. Like there's like there's yeah. this constant back and forth. And I think that US labels always try to find like an answer to the UK breakout star and vice versa. Um yeah, so I, I definitely, I, it's, I think that's a little bit harder. Your point about UK versus Europe is, I also feel that, like US versus Europe, very different sensibility and, and vibe. Um, yeah. Hard to put my finger on it exactly. Um, maybe it's partially electronics music's uh, influence, but yeah, there's definitely, definitely a different um, audience in Europe and what their expectations are. I think so. I think... It's more fun in Europe. And this is, I, I was watching recently a d- documentary about ABBA. Cool. And that was great. I think that that's a part of it. You know, they were talking about, you know, choruses where it's it, they're, they're thinking less about the lyrics and lyrics sometimes are a gateway to making music, try and make your music sound really cool or all music generally sounding really cool. Whereas obviously ABBA, they they just weren't thinking about it as much because it didn't matter that much uh-huh. because they were making music they were well ABBA weren't actually popular in Sweden at all initially they late now they are but they weren't actually loved in Sweden but so they, were, they were making choruses that almost didn't make sense and then yeah. this extends to the Max Martins and mm-hmm. people like that so mm-hmm. I want it that way was one of the songs they were talking about by the Backstreet Boys which when you think about that chorus I mean it, it what does it mean? <laughs> it's and they were saying that themselves. That's what the Backstreet Boys were saying. Yes. And it's it's yes. just interesting. So I guess the lyrical side of it is an interesting point when people speak English or they don't. Mm-hmm. And I think they just want to have fun with things more. And that's what these Swedish writers were saying is it doesn't matter what it says, just mm. make it fit and sound nice and that's it. Which I personally think is really important and I would probably place myself more in that side of things just trying to make things as fun as possible yeah i I get that and i I also think that there's um yeah there's there's like a i I, like k-pop kind of does this too where the words are more about like carrying the melody and being musically musical sounding than necessarily the meaning that they're completely conveying um you know and i I don't know that's that's interesting I, i was feeling that when i was just in japan of they're more creative with my language than I am where I will see things like um, I got my wife a shirt that says member of fam and it's a bunch of different dogs. And um, under each of them, there is a like little description of what the dog likes. And um, one of them says um, loves to eat meat and also children. <laughs> but like from, from a non-native English speaker perspective, it makes perfect sense. Likes to eat meat and also likes children they're just like i'm just gonna transitive property the like but to us they like to eat children that's like clearly is what that's why i bought the shirt because it's like how could i not buy that shirt it's amazing yeah but like that i feel like that kind of can go into lyrics too uh it's almost like a strange advantage of somebody approaching a language that isn't just their own you can see these different things and it's in music so like as long as it's sung well, I, I can roll with it. Yeah, I thought. Well, I think there's real value in um, this. Leads on to I, it's something I've been thinking about recently. Is the song you've just mixed? It gets to a point where it sounds a bit like drum and bass, uh-huh. and that's something I've been thinking about with writing music recently. Mm-hmm. Is what do I not know about, and what can I approach not knowing very well, so okay. that I can put my own spin on it? Because yep. sometimes I feel like you can know things too well. Yeah. Yeah. to come up with something creative with which 
is what I'm trying to do now is look at genres that I don't know anything about and cool. see if I can from memory not mm-hmm. listen to that genre uh-huh. <laughs> and just try and make that genre and see yeah. how it sounds because I think that's sometimes how you come up with something really interesting and and different I guess that's something that I've been trying to do recently I don't know if you've ever done anything like that or but I've always looked at people in the past sometimes and almost got bitter potentially at people who don't know uh-huh. a certain genre while coming into it and creating something mad and interesting and brilliant and yeah. thinking well I know about this genre and I'm educated and uh-huh. but then you, you can actually like lose some creativity with that absolutely I think anyway absolutely. no I see that I see that and I like there is a sweet spot with that where it's like you have enough familiarity that you can be part of that conversation but maybe you are bringing a, a different spin to it or maybe um you're just taking just enough of that element like i wouldn't classify your song as a drum and bass song but it definitely has like that kind of beat i mean i've, I've been using that in my stuff too um and last year i was doing some of that in a song called no worries yes worries and I've, I've got some stuff in the pipe that i i think really fast music is uh is gonna be part of this year's vibe for sure. I think over 150 BPM is, is like a, it, it, we've already seen it, like um, the Kid Leroy, Justin Bieber song, Charlie Puth songs. Who produced that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. generally he And because he did, he did his own solo song, uh, Light yeah. Switch, that had a similar... Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. it's like, 200 or something like it's it's really fast yeah I don't yeah, know exactly yeah. Where it is, it's, but yeah. It, it's up there so and i think that th- that's like a response to where we've been in music for a long time of like this very mid-tempo um thing that i st- i like mid-tempo a lot um but i i think that there's there's something on on the horizon i think you're you're onto it too of syncopated snare drums yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, a lot of fun it is a lot of fun uh, I want to talk about the uh, the mask stuff. Um, so what led you to decide to do that? How do you feel about it now? How, how do you feel about it in the future? I'm just curious as another person that is, you know, I, I have my mask and it's cool and I think about it a lot, but I, I've got, I've, you know, I've got mixed feelings now that I've, I'm deeper into this thing um, about why mask and, and what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Yeah. So, yeah, so I guess I started, I, I use like Instagram filters to put a yeah. mask on me, but I don't have a physical mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole project started out, I tried, I was trying to do everything animated, cool. 8-bit yeah. animations, um, which was a silly idea considering I had no experience of doing it. Uh-huh. Before. And I don't draw, so somebody else was drawing it for me. It's a guy <laughs> called Vicente who's in Chile, who's, who's brilliant, uh, who drew the, the character, the Garvey character. Cool. Um, it's interesting. I, the reason I transitioned to using the mask with the filters was because it was taking too long. Mm-hmm. And the filters are great, but I do... Having a mask is... It's a really funny one because I think you do hide part of yourself. And in yep. today's world, yep. people do actually want to see mm-hmm. um, emotions and things like that. So it's tough, I think. Yeah. But at the same, there's some people who really resonate, it resonates with, and there's some people who it doesn't as much. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what you think about it, but it, and it, part, it might be partly insecurity as well, if I'm being really honest, you uh-huh. know, like from, from me, not from anyone else, uh-huh. but like, you know, like feeling like I need to hide myself away because I used to release music under my own uh-huh. first name, my full name. Yeah. And everything just felt very personal when yes. it didn't go well. Right. So. 
I like the idea of having an alter ego. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to now put my face out there a bit. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Um, because I do think there's some things you you lose out on in your marketing and in your um, and your and the, your fans, I guess, the people who like you, you know, they want to see it. And sometimes they want to see a person, mm-hmm. you know, right? Um, a human. But yes. I don't, what do you think about it? I don't know. Um, so one of the things, so I've been performing live more and that's been the weirdest wrinkle for me. It was, it's like one thing to make videos with it or take photos with it, but it's another thing to like actually be performing live in front of an audience and have them not be able to really see your emotions in real yeah. time. Also without having like a big production behind you that also makes it a little bit trickier because like if you have backup dances you have all this like lighting and stuff it's a little bit less personal there's a little bit more of like a focus on the entire production rather than just a focus on you but at the level that i'm at i mean it's like me and a guitar maybe me like me playing guitar and that's it or maybe me with a drummer and that's it i don't have the funds to have a whole thing or nor the venues to do that yeah. And so I I feel like I need to use my body more to convey my emotions, but my hands are already busy having to like carry the whole set. And so I um and also it's really hard to uh, credit to Slipknot. I did not realize how hard it would be to play live sets with like basically no peripheral vision. I have the, this mask <laughs> that cuts off everything, so I can't see my hands at all. Um, I didn't even That's think I looked at my hands. I didn't think I looked. I thought I, I thought I like transcended that. I was like, oh, I'm a guitarist and I'm good or bassist or whatever. I, I don't need to look. But I, I secretly am looking the entire time, just out of the corner of my <laughs> eye. And also, I play different instruments, and they all have different um, fret sizes. And yeah. so those that scale length change between instruments is uh, disorienting without some peripheral vision help. Um, yeah. So I actually think it's hurting the way that the music sounds because I'm focused on that. And then the mask uh, surrounds my voice a little bit. So then when I'm playing live, it's got a little bit of this sound. Uh, There's just all these interesting problems that I didn't, I didn't really foresee until I was like thrown into the heat of battle. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Right. Yeah. 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 So I don't know what (laughs) I'm going to do yet, but uh, it's just, it's just an interesting new year reflection, I guess. Like what, so we what might see your face one day soon. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, I don't have a problem with showing my face. It was just kind of like that. This is what that project was. And um, I also don't want to like hurt the character either. But I mean, it's always been me. So I don't know. Well, we're, we got some we got some stuff to figure out. Um, yeah. Both of yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> but so what, what are your plans for this year? I'm excited to hear. I'm going to make at least two records. Uh, First one is called Moonlight Beach, which is after my home beach. Um, And then the second one is called Mobius Strip. Um, And that one is going to, they're kind of like foils from each other. So Moonlight Beach is going to be a lot poppier, happier, um, lighter, catchier. And then the Mobius stuff is going to be a lot more like dancey, dark, um, and uh, like destructive. Um, and so that's kind of how I'm painting the entire year. He's got this very light record, this very dark record, and then some stuff in between that kind of leads you from one to the next. Um, and so that's what I'm thinking thematically. I work really well with like big themes uh, for records. It helps like carry me and then I can find gaps um, in a record to inform what my singles will be. So like if I look at the record and go, oh, okay, everything's like 120 BPM, let's do some faster, let's do some slower stuff. Everything's in 4.4, let's do some stuff that's in 12.8 or, you know, like, 
they everything can kind of play off of each other and inform like the next thing that I'm going to do. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty close to finishing that first record. So that, that should come out in May or June, um, with, you know, singles leading up to it. And then the Mobius one should come out in fall. Um, yeah. So a lot of it's still very much work in progress, but I'm, I'm collecting tunes. I'm like building references. I am, uh, I bought some plugins and, and some different stuff that I'm going to try and, you know, turn into something. Yeah. So you come, so you come out of an album with a theme. Yeah, always, always. There's some, at least something. And there's usually something that is like a, a something that I have to um, like hit. So like with Koan, my last one, I my idea was there are four sides of a record, um, like a double record. And then side one and side three and side two and side four relate to each other in some way. So that I created like this framework where now I've finished the side one and side two now it's time for side three i'm going to listen really hard to side one to figure out what i need to do in side three to like answer that to balance it i see these little i mean they're mostly like tricks i think of like trying to stimulate creativity and keep me going but those things are like invaluable to keep up my pace because then i have a a roadmap something to like tackle yeah it was like we were talking earlier about i guess limiting yeah yeah creative limits that create opportunities um, yeah. And ones that I'm okay with, like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, I don't, you know, if one of the songs does not directly match its equivalent on whatever, I'm not going to stress that much. But it's like, it's within that framework. I can still have angular things within the framework. But yeah, that's kind of how I think. That's really interesting. I'm, I'm learning. That's, that's something <laughs> cool. I need to think about, I think. Well, there's also like, there, there are different types of records. Like the Koan one, I wanted everything to flow, but I didn't necessarily want it to flow in a way that was like, you put it on at a party and you just it wanted it to be like more personal. Like some songs that you could put in a playlist, but then the overall record would not be something you would just like press play and hang out with friends. Um, but I'm trying to do the opposite with Mobius, where that one is going to be like a quasi 40 minute live set that'll just flow and be danceable and take you from one place to another um and then moby uh, then uh, moonlight beach is going to be single 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 like standard pop record like not yeah. a bunch of transitions or anything like that just like the opposite of what mobius will be yeah yeah and you mentioned earlier about writing singles uh-huh. after an album that's that's really interesting to me how do you how does that work so i'll, I'll write a few singles so i usually will start off by writing a few singles then i'll start to sketch out what the album looks like figure out the contours of it maybe write some b-sides and then from there be like okay what else does this record need as like anchor points and then write some singles to like those gaps of saying like like i don't want the whole record to sound like this what what contrast do i need to add something faster something slower something brighter something darker um, more major, more minor, more dissonant, more simple. Um, I just try and like check all of those boxes, all of the different contrasts so that, um, it still sounds like a record, but there's, there's enough variety that you're not just going to listen to the same song 12 times and then, you know, go into the next one. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting to me. I'm, I'm quite a singles person. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't think about music like that at all. I don't think about albums uh-huh. or the ebb and flow of albums. I'm just a, I have a short attention span, so I just think about songs just like one it. by one. I like it. No, that's great. And that, that probably yeah. that probably fits the moment a lot better than the way that I think. You know, like that's that's the I get rewarded way more for my singles than my albums. 
but I don't know if I can make singles without albums, so I make albums, you know? Uh, okay, that makes sense. So that's how it fits in for you. Yeah, yeah that's super interesting. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish I thought more like you because I think you go a lot deeper than I do. But um, <laughs> no. yeah, I'm just completely surface level. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll, you'll watch. You'll see, you'll see how these tunes will, they'll start to coalesce. I know you have common themes and then you'll watch. So they're going to turn into a record and then you're going to be like, okay, what do I need to balance this guy out? Where are those moments of minimalism that provides contrast from one one song to the next you'll you'll yeah. you'll find that but I, I like i like the the track you're on stay on the single train and then you're gonna blow up and then then it's time for the that record with uh yeah ebbs and flows yeah yeah well we'll see what's this space <laughs> yeah let's let's talk uh, i want to talk uh bbc i'm i'm super curious as as an american too to like understand bbc one bbc six what does that all mean? <laughs> just different yeah. radio channels, and then also, um, I'd love to to hear from you about uh, uh, decisions decisions being on BBC One and kind of the significance of that. So yeah, yeah. So decisions decisions, we released that last year, and this was Scoob's first song that he mixed for me, and yeah, I, I was really pleased with the whole thing. Like so we managed to get that one onto Radio One. So Radio, Radio one, one in the UK. Um, the, the BBC radio stations are quite big, but and Radio One is sort of considered the quite big kind of youth one. So it's and okay. it's actually okay. because because the BBC is actually government backed. Well, yeah. we we pay license fees, but it is affiliated with the government in okay. a way. They literally will Radio One's audience is like sixteen to thirty, I think, and they'll okay. literally do that with their presenters. They'll huh. start kicking out presenters when they get too old or whatever. Is that they you know they they have to appeal to a certain age. Okay. Um, and so Jack Saunders was the is a DJ who's in the current slot that once a long time ago Zane Lowe was in, and you know various mm. people. So he's he's a really great DJ, really yeah, nice yeah, yeah. guy, and really he really knows his music and he talks about it in a way that I, I really love. Um, and yeah, he, he invited me on for an interview, which was super cool. Yeah, we chatted about Game Boy, and I <laughs> <It was> awesome. <laughs> went wildly off topic. Yeah, it was and. Great. But um, yeah, so he he seems to like it, which is really really cool. So hopefully, you know, we can get some stuff through him in future, and he'll he'll keep keep supporting. Absolutely. But yeah, so it was really great to get their support. But and then BBC Radio Six is a more alternative one. Okay. Um, so I would probably say Chai. They'll probably get yeah. more. I imagine they'll get more BBC Radio Six play than BBC Radio One. I don't know, but that's it's a more slightly more left field Radio Six. Cool. Um, you you have all sorts of music on it, but it's seen as more alternative, which is a cool station too. Uh, yeah, but that, and the other ones in between are not BBC Radio Three is classical. Um, okay. okay. And BBC Radio Two is more like mainstream. Okay. Pop like mm, easy listening, mm-hmm. more that kind of vibe. But yeah, yeah. And are these are these like UK wide? You can you can hear these same stations. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all over the UK. I mean, worldwide if you're on the internet. Yeah, yeah right. it's, uh, they're all broadcasts. Yeah. yeah, UK wide. Very cool. Very very cool. Yeah, that was that was super exciting. I, I'd known of uh, Jack Saunders from. Uh, I think he he played Lou Roy, which is an artist that I collaborated with on an ABBA cover. Um, yeah. And so I was familiar. I was already following it. And I was like, oh, cool. It's that guy with the blue hair or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's red now. I'm red sure now? It okay, blue. yeah. It was blue whenever you saw him, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was really cool. But I'd, honestly, I'd say so much of that. The mix was so cool. I think it's it was a big, big part of that. Oh, I'm um, so glad. So, yeah. So that's a... I'm so glad. An achievement for both of us, you know? Yeah. Uh, one last one last point, um, that I, and then, then I'll let you go. I want to talk about reverb. 
<laughs> so can you tell everybody what what you told me um, when we were first digging into mix about your your opinion of this washy roominess reverb and music? Yeah, I just don't. I just I don't like reverb. I this, love it. And, you know, it is, and so you people will not want to hear the mixes that I you know the things I send to Scoop because. I've got to be honest, Scoob, at this point when I'm making a song, I just I just don't think about it. I just think, well, Scoob will do something with that. <laughs> Scoob, yes. Scoob will make that palatable. <laughs> I won't worry about finding a reverb that sounds good. Because any time I put reverb on anything, it yeah. sounds... To me, it just sounds rubbish. I, yeah, I like yeah. things being immediate. I like uh-huh. it, things being in your face. And you are... You're correct on this. Like, there's there's no question about who's right and wrong. No, 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 right. no, 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 Because you were talking... No, 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 but you... So you were talking about things being you know bringing things to the foreground and then leaving some things in the background yeah but those are two that, those are two different things those are two different things yeah. and I, I really like the challenge of what you give me because like what i what i'm looking at now is not saying okay how can i create this room to create dimension which is the easy way that's the cop out it's how do i yeah. create like blurriness to create depth rather than just like throw it in a reverb like wash it out it's like, yeah. and that's been a really fun challenge because it's like some things I'll make less present um, at some times and I'll have them kind of pull in and out of focus. Like I'm thinking of it very much more like a camera where it's like I do use a little bit of room sounds, but almost zero reverb on your music. And that is, I loved that challenge, like drop the gauntlet right on the beginning. Don't use this entire plugin section. It's like, <laughs> hell yeah, let's figure that out. And it's been really fun. And I think it, I think it creates really unique music where it's, it's a lot more present, and um, it's a yeah, it's it's a different, not quite sterile, but like yeah, it's like it's like tickling the speakers in a way that just makes me feel like I'm in a, in a otherworldly space. Yeah, well. I, d- I didn't realize I'd I didn't realize I told you not to use it. But I love that you're literally. That's not what I using heard. That's all. not exactly what you said, but that's what I heard. <laughs> it's good. But no, I'm interested. So how are you creating the space then without reverb? Um, it's it's so delays are a great great way to do it. Um, because delays are one half of reverb. Well, you could even think that reverb is just a series of delays because it's just the reflections of a sound. Um, so like that's that's the easy way. But the biggest way is through EQ, compression, uh, saturation, and creating presence or lack thereof of whether or not something sounds like this and it's really tight or it sounds a little bit more like this and it's farther away. That kind of stuff of like putting the hands over the instruments slightly to pull them back or to define their frequency spectrum or their frequency range in such a way that like when the vocal is happening, there's a dynamic compressor that is interacting with the vocal and that track. So like the acoustic guitar, sometimes I'll do that for you where like every time you sing, the acoustic guitar comes back a little bit. And then when you stop singing, the acoustic guitar comes back out. Anything that like fights in that kind of way. So then it creates fuzziness and depth. Or at least that's the goal. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it clearly... You're clearly doing well. Yeah, I I didn't even think about the reverb. I'm going to listen back now and hear the the lack of that. Yeah, I'm trying, (laughs) I'm trying. You did give me, to be fair though, in this re- most recent song, you did give me a few tracks that had reverb printed on them, and I was like, "Damn, this is uh, some personal growth." 
<laughs> yeah, <kidding>. I'm, <laughs> le- I'm learning. It's, that's, that's my that's my goal for this year is to to bear with reverb. Yeah, yeah. yeah to no, learn no, no. To live with it. Redefine <laughs> it. Find the reverb that suits you. Um, there's there's a really yeah. cool plugin that I, I have used on your stuff a little bit. It's called Rum R U M, and it's just like a room reverb. And yeah. um, it's nice because it doesn't sound like the classic, like throw it into a chamber, it's in a big hall, or it's in a plate. It's like, no, this, you click on it, it sounds like it's in a kitchen. Or you click on this one, it sounds like it's in a living room. And it is just just enough that you can blend in sometimes that gives it like realism without giving yeah. it reverb. Yeah. Uh, that's really interesting. That's I'll look one. for that. And you mentioned yeah. the Valhalla, which I did buy, yeah. but I'm yet to install it in logic so i'll do that yeah. <laughs> i've been putting it off clearly but well, i've made an investment well, in reverb okay Good. yeah that, that's, a, that's so a big step that's a big step i'm learning <laughs> <laughs> the valhalla one's cool too because it has an ambience setting and i don't even really know what that is um but it doesn't quite sound like reverb it's like a maybe it is like a delay or a chorus kind of thing but it um it just creates like width and space and depth without really creating like the sense of I'm in an elevator or I'm in a <laughs> Taj Mahal, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like that was one of my old mixing engineers, the guy that helped teach me, he used this reverb called Altiverb all the time, which I've never been able to afford. It's like a thousand dollars. But it is everything that I don't like about reverb. And I know everything that you don't like about reverb because it is like it's I'm going to drop your mix inside of the biggest theater in the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like uh, it, it sounds really good. But it's not, it's not my vibe, and I know it's not yeah. yours. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely not. <laughs> so, it's good. It's good to tell your mixing engineers, though. I mean, like, because you know, sometimes a mixing engineer will go with the easiest thing. They'll be like, "Ah, oh, throw it in a room," and um, and then you get it back and be like, "What the hell is this? <laughs> Sounds like crap." Yeah. Well, that's that's what I do like about having you mix my music. You know, because I I know you obviously through Instagram messages. Essentially, <laughs> <But> <laughs> we do chat, so yeah. and it is it is nice to to take that bit of time isn't it to chat and yeah. yeah that's something i've learned um i think through this is it's cool to have that because otherwise yeah you know when you're just looking at people and you just find someone online just mm-hmm. you think they're good and you just mm-hmm. throw them a mix right well the relationship is a big part of the of what works and what doesn't and so yeah try and if i'm giving advice and i don't know if i'm in a position to but on no, that yeah. i maybe i would say to anyone you know try and meet the people you're you're welcome with if you don't already know them because no, i think that's great. it's really helpful it's yeah. great and and like you giving me playlists of what you're listening to um mm. i like i like that a lot better than references for an individual song uh like what what do you think sounds cool just in general not like what do you think sounds cool as in this is what i want this song to exactly sound like just like what are you listening to and i that's that's more helpful to me as a mixing engineer producer whatever is just like like chai does the same thing where they'll just send me you know, here's like my 10 favorite songs right now. And then I'll just listen to that playlist like 40 times and I'll be like, okay, I get it. I'm in the yeah. headspace, you know, that that kind of thing. It's good. Well, I've got to say, I've never understood references with mixing because I've had people say that before, like the mastering reference. It's like, what do yeah. you want it to sound? What do you want the master to sound like? Well, it's well, like, well, good. I don't understand what you're asking me because <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a completely different song. <laughs> I know. And like, I, I, I never understood that. So yeah, yeah, I think this way works a lot better. And it's a lot of anxiety as an artist to be like, this is what I want my song to sound like. It's like, this is, it's not an exact science. So you end up listening to, you know, hours and hours of music trying to find the perfect reference and then you're not quite happy with it. And then you, yeah. It, and it feels like a big moment sending it over because you're like, well, if I send this, 
you know, what if I've sent the wrong reference and then the song's going to turn out worse? Any mm-hmm. any choice, uh, you know, I don't want to make those kind of choices, you know. It's just like, just make the song, yeah, like, it's exactly what you said. I would personally, it feels like the best way to me as an artist, not as a mixer. So, I agree. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, like, and it gives a certain level of trust of, like, make it sound modern and current and good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, I, I'd made that mistake once with the mastering engineer. I sent them a track and it was darker than the mix and it wasn't but it was like darker but in a more mid-rangey way less of like a low-end big hip-hop kind of way and then i got yeah. back to the master and i was like well i hate this <laughs> but it was my own <laughs> fault because i sent the i didn't know what i was doing and you know i was um i sent over something that i liked i liked the way that this song hit but it was not not even remotely in the same world as what i was looking for but i didn't know that at the yeah. time so yeah I think that's really good advice, and I think those are good things that, I mean, people at every stage, it's like, how do you work with other people on the team, especially as a mixing engineer? I mean, that's like a really precious thing that you're saying is like, hey, I've worked hours and hours on making this thing, turn it into something that is going to go on the radio, and it's like, woo, I mean, I don't want to screw that up. I want to treat that with the appropriate preciousness, but also like elevate it in the way that like I have a musical sensibility, but carrying what you have it's it's a it's a a tricky job and um completely we have to work together in order to accomplish it yeah 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 definitely sweet awesome garvey super super fun chatting um we got to do this again maybe we'll do another uh check-in after you've uh hit hit all of the airwaves from radio (laughs) one to 55 (laughs) <laughs> with your classical record and your easy listening <laughs> pop record and <laughs> sounds great sounds great Let's but, do it. But yeah i really appreciate really appreciate um chatting and i i hope that um i hope that people enjoyed what we had to say um if you have any comments or anything like that our uh, instagrams are open what is your instagram handle again uh, it's at garvey sounds and garvey, garvey is g-a-r-v-i-e awesome so yeah reach out um scuberduber.pizza for me and uh we'll be we'll be trying to do more of these podcasts here in this new year talking to more musicians and uh breaking down music hopefully open up some worlds so thanks for joining awesome cheers